OBGYN. Welcome back to the OBGYN Rocks podcast. We're so happy to get it back going again with an interview with the inspiring Dr. Hallie Staples. She is one of our incredible interns um, who've been working tirelessly through the COVID pandemic and um, in through the new year. And um, thankfully at this point um, of your listening, um, we have gotten to a place where our residents are vaccinated and we're hoping that we're in a better place. But when we talked to Dr. Staples, um, it was the end of November, cold holiday season coming up and um, our cases in St. Louis were rising. And, and Dr. Staples, of course, um, takes that with no problem, um, just a smile on her face as she does um, most everything through her intern year. And I hope that you will be as inspired as I was listening to Dr. Staples talk about life as an OBGYN, how she chose this field, what she loves about this program, um, what motivates her, and um, I just was so inspired to talk with her. There are a couple of technical glitches here, um, probably due to an AirPods issue. It kind of sounds like I'm constantly interrupting Hallie, so I really apologize for that, but hopefully you will hear past that and hear all of the inspiring things Dr. Staples has to see, has to say. Um, we've missed you guys. We will be back with monthly episodes and we can't wait to bring an exciting lineup for the podcast coming up this spring. Um, so sit back and here's Dr. Staples. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Hageman. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm great. Thank you so much for meeting um, over Anchor. Yay. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's great. Well, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it since, I don't know, a few months now. And you've been busy. We've all been busy. You've been really busy. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, catch us up. So, today we have Dr. Hallie Staples. She is an awesome intern within our OBGYN class. And we're so excited to get to talk to you and, and learn more about how your year is going in this COVID pandemic and just what it's like to be an intern here. And gosh, I don't know where to start, but tell us how your week's been. What are you doing right now? Yeah, uh, my week has been going pretty well. I'm on something called Mouse right now. It's one <laughs> of the nighttime rotations. Um, it's... It's been really fun and very interesting. It's it's nighttime GYN. So as the intern, you cover all of the GYN services, including Ankh, Benigyne, REI, and Eurogyne, and family planning, um, just depending on what the patient census is like. And it's it's a lot of watching urine outputs and repleting electrolytes, but it's also been a lot more than that, especially managing those patients who are more complicated from a medicine perspective. So it's been a lot of good learning. Absolutely. And um, we call it mouse um, affectionately because you're kind of like a little house mouse scampering about throughout the (laughs) night when not a whole lot of people are up and about in the hospital, but you are sort of running around and and making sure everything stays in check until the morning. <laughs> right, exactly. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, and now you think, you know, sometimes you get admissions over the course of the night, right? And um, 
you're doing a lot of communicating with people who are like you are on the night schedule, but not everyone you're communicating with is right. What's it been like right. to um, communicate with the fellows, for example, overnight? <laughs> oh, the the fellows are great. I always feel so bad calling them in the middle of the night just because they're on call 24 seven, but they've all been so supportive and um, you know, they always tell me, well, this is what I signed up for and <laughs> please just call me with whatever questions that you have. So and they've been awesome to have. Oh, that's great. That's really good. And I think it's true. You know, we always want to hear about things rather than not. Right. But um, I think that's a fine balance to find, right. What trying to be independent versus asking for help is a huge part of intern year. How, how has that been on this rotation and other rotations? Right. I think this rotation has definitely made me feel a lot more independent and confident in my decision making, um, just just from my own perspective, because you really do fly solo a lot when mm-hmm. it comes to the mouse. And I, I think it's it's all for the better at this point, <laughs> um, especially in comparison to some of the previous rotations that I've had. It's been it's been really nice to have that autonomy and get to learn the balance of making your own decisions and then when to consult an upper level or a fellow. Yeah. And that is something to point out too. We do have upper level residents who are on the same night schedule as you, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So we have a third year GYN resident who is on holding the consult pager at night. My third year right now is Xiao. Um, He's been really fun, fun (laughs) to have. Um, we've had, I think we've had a good time of it. Um, and, (laughs) and there are also, uh, a second year and a fourth year on labor and delivery who have been super helpful whenever Shao is unavailable or in the operating room. Mm -hmm. Um, and Allison Shelby and Mark Valentine have been my second and, and fourth years and they've been really cool to have. And they've always answered all the que- all the silly questions or just the questions that I have overnight if he's unavailable. So <laughs> it's a really good setup. And I think as an intern, it's I really appreciate at least having someone to to look up to and talk to about plans if if I'm unsure. And I think WashU does a really good job of making you feel supported as an intern, even though they're also giving you autonomy on top of that. Yeah, I feel like it is a, a good program for developing that sense pretty early on. We, you know, definitely expect you to fly, but you're always flying with a lot of wings, right? Right. <laughs> Hopefully, a lot exactly. of wings around you that are, are supporting you. Um, yeah, we'll definitely. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, just coming to this institution new in the time of COVID. Um, you know, just how has that been? You're, you, you're not from St. Louis, right? You're, Tell us where, no. you, where you're coming from and how it's been to come here. Yeah, I'm from Northwest Indiana, right outside of Chicagoland. Um, we're on Chicago time where we get Chicago news. We're just in the in a corner of Indiana, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Um, but the patient population is very similar here to what I'd like to to practice with in the future. So it's been nice to come to somewhere pretty, pretty spot on for as far as training goes. Um, but it's, 
it's been interesting coming here in the times of COVID, especially before I moved here. Um, there were, you know, of course, I, we always bring this up as as interns of um, of 2020, but you know, we didn't get a match day. We didn't really get a true graduation. And on top of that, moving here without kind of buying my apartment sight unseen and having to rely on the support of all of the people who are from the St. Louis area in our class. That was interesting, but I, I think it all really worked out for the better because everyone was, was so kind and, really provided all the information they could give as far as coming here um, as a new intern. Um, it's it's also really been interesting from a lifestyle perspective coming here in the times of COVID because you always hear patients and other co-residents and other attendings and fellows say, yeah, you know, it's just so different here now <laughs> than it would have been <laughs> as far as just from a lifestyle perspective, like going out and there's so many things to do in St. Louis. If, if everything were open, not really the way doing that... any of them right now. <laughs> right, exactly. But I think, I think St. Louis is an awesome place, even though COVID is happening. There are a lot of things to do that, that don't necessarily shut down. Like there's so many parks here, Forest Park and Tower Grove Park. I'm just a couple blocks away from that. They've been awesome to go bike riding at and um I've done a lot of walks around the area. So um it's still it's still been a, a ton of fun to be here and be in such a new place and where I'm from, um I think this place is a lot more culturally diverse and I could walk a couple blocks and there would be a Mediterranean restaurant and also a barbecue place across the street <laughs> and a Thai place here. So I, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to get to know the the neighborhood that I'm in. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That, yeah. And, and all these outdoor activities are still open to do either in small groups or um, you're just on your own. And it sounds like you are getting out despite your busy intern schedule, you're finding some time to be outdoors, <laughs> which is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, well, Hallie, tell us a little bit more about you and what brought you into OBGYN and um, specifically kind of what keeps you showing up, um, you know, at the at this time of day. I should note that she's talking to me in the afternoon for most of us, but in her early morning time before she goes to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there are a few things that really drew me to OBGYN. So my mom is a midwife oh. and she she has been doing midwifery ever since I was uh, a young girl, ever since I was 10 years old or so. So I think I got early exposure to the obstetrics portion of things, whether it was us driving in the car to the hospital in on the way to go to the mall because mm-hmm. one of her <laughs> patients was complete or um, or just kind of hearing the terminology. But I, I think it was that in combination with I, I can definitely say that I grew up with a really strong family that had really strong women in it. 
um, my, my mom was very independent and, you know, she was a single mom of four and she supported us while she was still going to midwifery school. Mm. And she was just such a huge influence in my life. And I think that she really pushed me to, to not only pursue something in the medical field, um, whether it was nursing or, um, or becoming a physician, um, my, my grandma was also a huge influence in my life and she was a, a NICU nurse oh, wow. for a really long time. So I think, I think I kind of got a little bit of that from them, Nice, but also, um, my dad at a very young age, he was diagnosed with a lot of chronic medical conditions. So I got exposed to the patient side of things too, going to his appointments and, um, and getting to see what it was like in the healthcare system. So I think those were the biggest things for me. <laughs> kind of throughout your life shaped your interests and, and drew you here. And um, yeah, yeah, awesome. That's, that's amazing to hear about your, your family and just the, I can only imagine the stories you heard at such an early age. <laughs> Did you ever get to oh, yeah. experience um <laughs> A birth with your mom was that allowed at the time I know it's not something yeah. that would happen today <laughs> I would imagine but yeah that's a great question I I hadn't I haven't experienced any births with her but I've been in clinic with her mm -hmm. before and gotten to talk to her patients and get to know them and um, I think it would be full circle one day if we got together and <laughs> and did a birth together or started to practice together or something like that. I think the wheels are definitely spinning in her head. I think Aww. she, she wants me to come back home. And <laughs> I, I think that would be a, a really cool thing to do together. And yeah, I'm super excited for the future. So we, we will see if that ever happens. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> I think, you know, and there's a lot of, we've been talking a lot as a group, right, about medical mistrust that is out there in the community and how do we, how do we communicate that? And I think part of it is communication with other healthcare providers within the aspect of obstetrics care. So communication with midwives and making sure there's open lines of, of work between doctors and midwives. Um, I'm sure that you've had some interesting discussions like, why didn't you become a midwife, Hallie, as opposed to an obstetrician? Like what's, you know, is there a difference? And, and what do you see as that difference as you talk with your mom about that? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, yeah, I've definitely heard some things um, and some stories from her perspective, especially since she was not only midwife, but she was also a labor and delivery nurse for uh, a really okay. long time. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest difference for me, um, the reason why I, I chose OBGYN and being a physician and instead of midwifery, um, I, I was really drawn to surgery earlier mm -hmm. on. Um, and I think you, you definitely don't operate as a midwife and you focus more on the uncomplicated births and the uncomplicated, um, patients who don't have things like, like a really long standing, um, like uh, a history of preterm delivery, right, or right. sometimes twins, or um, or a history of preeclampsia. Like you turf those more so to the 
to the physicians. And I, I think the complex cases are also something that uh, attracted me earlier on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as keeping that open communication, I think that is so important. Just even, even as a resident, I, you know, I'm so grateful to all of the nurses and um, advanced nurse practitioners that we have on, on our service. Like they do so much for us. And as a resident, it is really tough a lot of times to, to keep up with the, the pace of things and to make sure that you're doing your patients justice and making sure that they get the care that they need. And I think keeping those communication barriers open is the best, the best thing possible for the patient and it gets them the best care. And I think that nurses and um, advanced nurse practitioners are also such good advocates for people. And I think that they could, can only help as far as um, providing a really holistic amount of care for people. So um, I've, I think it's been really nice having a parent who's been in the medical field, but also isn't a physician mm-hmm. because that kind of opens your eyes yeah. to the other side of things. Yes. You know? Yes. And if I think back to when I was an intern roaming the halls over on 4400, where we used to be over on Barnes, um, at Barnes South, I mean, I think of them as totally different places. <laughs> um, I just remember <laughs> half of what I was doing at night to be perfectly honest, was driven by the nurses, right? They'd be like, oh, right. here, Dr. Hageman, I think you wanted to replete her with, you know, 40 milliequivalents of KCL, not 20 based on her potassium. Or, you know, like they taught me the secrets of, you know, fluid repletion and things like that a little bit even more sometimes than my upper levels because they were so busy doing other things and the nurses were hoping I got it right from the start. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Or just, you know, the, that look from the nurse where this is actually truly an emergency get going or, you know, the times mm-hmm. when you, you you share those moments and you, you really grow together, right? I'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so many. Um, so, Holly, what do you think is, you know, how do you feel like wellness is incorporated into the residency program here? It's a question, hot topic on the interview trail these days and something that we keep talking about wanting to incorporate into busy, stressful training programs. What did that mean to you and how how are we doing here? How can we do better? Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I think, I think wellness means a few different things and coming from my old institution and my medical school, I was on the wellness coalition for, for a year um, after they had just started it. So for, for me, I think that wellness, first of all, means different things to different people. Um, And I think it involves multiple aspects of someone's life and you for me, wellness would be actively trying to improve those facets of my life or work towards a goal in each of those facets in order to to be of an optimal health and to make sure that that I'm taking care of myself and those around me. So I we used to use a, a model as far as wellness goes where there were multiple different facets of being well, whether it was spiritual or intellectual or emotional or physical 
or social or things of that nature. Um, And everyone needed a little bit something different as far as what their background was when it came to being well. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that could mean going for a bike ride and making sure that I get at least a half an hour of exercise a day. For one of my co-interns, it could mean them taking time to do skincare or cook a meal or, um, or draw or paint or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that as far as a residency program, WashU does a good job of, of really trying to incorporate all of those things and make sure that everybody has the opportunity to improve their wellness or work towards a goal in at least one of each of those facets. Um, I, from what I've seen, which I've been off service for a while and the off service residents don't, don't go to resident didactics or, mm-hmm. yeah, or they don't participate in certain things. But from what I've seen, it's, it's been really fun to, to get to learn how to be well with all of my other co-residents and my senior residents. Like the, one of the first things that we did was the scavenger hunt where we drove around St. Louis and we found different things that were very native to the area and took pictures of that. And, um, and well, actually my team won (laughs) shout out to, (laughs) it definitely wasn't because of me that we won, but you know, it was a lot of fun getting to see the sites and, um, getting some Ted Drew. which I'd never had before and a pretzel and getting to see um, one of the sports stadiums downtown. And um, I, that, that was great. Just getting to know everyone and just getting to relax and, um, and have a little bit of fun there. Um, And I think that as far as emotional wellness, WashU does a great job of that too. We, I know they just started resident support groups and I've heard great things from my co-residents. I haven't been able to attend yet, but um, I think that there's, they do a good job of incorporating at least something in some aspect of wellness into every session that we have together as a group. If we can continue to just save some space for it, right? Whether it's, it doesn't have to be a prescribed thing, but just space for you to, find what's making you well as you say that's that's very important um i'm pretty excited to have the changes that we're having in the beginning of january where we have that whole morning you know booked out for just teaching and academic stuff right i think that's actually gonna i'm I'm very excited about that so just as you have to create a space for wellness we also are trying to create a really dedicated time for everyone to do didactics and come together as a department to you know, attend green rounds and um, we all we kind of quickly use any protected time to add another clinic or you know see more patients or operate more things like that but really to create that space where we can really focus on teaching too I think I think in some way that might actually help wellness too if we can all be dedicated at the time. For me, yeah, sometimes absolutely. it's just going to, I think so too. You know, having to scatter around from one thing to the next and, and you don't actually have, like the protected time is, is hard to come by and you fill it really quickly with patient care. And if we are 
hearing from the top of the department that it's okay to take this space and have this time, then hopefully that adds value too. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and you are, if I remember correctly, you're mm -hmm. an artist, right? I remember seeing, I think we did a Zoom once and I yeah. was back on some <laughs> things that you had done yourself. Tell us about your artistic skills. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I, I would say I dabble. I'm definitely not like, like a professional or anything like that, but I, it's, Art is something that has, has kept me well over the years, definitely, mm -hmm. just kind of transitioning off of a, a wellness perspective. But I, I really enjoy painting. Specifically, I started dabbling in watercolors at the end of my medical school career, um, more so in third and fourth year. Um, I've, I've dabbled in drawing. I, I would prefer to, to paint with watercolors, but um, every once in a while, I'll pick up a pencil or a pen. Um, and then my, my favorite thing is photography. I, I really, really love taking pictures of things. Um, I've, I've been to, I've been fortunate enough to travel to quite a few places and everywhere I go, um, I, I got a pretty nice camera for one of my Christmases when I was in high school and everywhere I go, I take that camera with me and, try and capture the the beauty of every place that I've been to so um I I've been really fortunate to have the chance to do all of these things and get to paint and um and take great. pictures of things so yeah I I especially like to paint um I love flowers and um succulents and things like that but um, yeah, I think you're probably oh, referring yes, to the, yes, to the painting of the uterus striking. that I did a while ago. It'd be ago. like the best <laughs> Zoom background for an interview, too, if you were interviewing this yeah. year. Um, you know, you actually interviewed in real person interview yeah. times, right, <laughs> where you actually visited. So you didn't get to probably carry your uterus picture, but. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I carried a printout of it with me just in case. <laughs> I, I was that medical student. I, I always had it in my phone. Oh, that's awesome. That's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. So yeah. how are you enjoying? Are you, were you able to participate in some of our interview sessions so far in terms of, um, I think you're having a meet and greet the night before, correct? With the resident? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been able to for the first two just because I had a few uh I had a few patients and a few admissions during sign out, but I have signed up for a few of the interview sessions to come. Yeah. So I think there may be a few more, three or four more. So hopefully I can go to each oh, one of those okay. since I'll, I'll be on the back to the daytime hours week. And, yeah. I thought when I, when I would go from nights to yeah. days, it's so interesting <laughs> to see how many people are actually in the hospital on, in the daytime, right? Oh, yeah. It's so interesting. And also, just just seeing you're the only person walking oh. out to the parking garage, whereas there are like 25 people going the other way. It's been... Yeah, it's been interesting people watching, coming to now, and do from. Do you feel, um, not to sort of dwell on COVID, but, you know, in terms of this is just kind of how you've known 
hospital care now, masking up and, and doing your PPE when you're, you know, going in and out of rooms and everything. And how, like, are you, have you reached a comfort level with that right now? How do you feel? I mean, our cases right now are going up. We're not in a good place in St. Louis. It's not anything that we probably shouldn't feel comfort about, but I'm curious as your thoughts on how that's evolved over time. Right. Well, I think initially everything was really up in the air, especially when when some of us were moving here, um, as as my co-interns would probably agree about. And, you know, we were all very we all are very cautious still. But I, you know, I think moving into that hospital environment was pretty nerve wracking to begin with. But the. I think the uncertainty of it all and and the scariness of it all to begin with as a new intern coming into COVID, I, I think that's really, mm-hmm. for me, that's gone now. It's kind of disappeared. And, you know, I feel I feel really confident in, in Barnes as an institution um, to provide proper PPE. I, I never have to go without a face mask or an N95. And I, I think... You know, as long as you're wearing your personal protective equipment and doing all of the things to prevent the spread of COVID, I I think right. at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask for. And I I've felt pretty safe being here um, with all my co-interns and my upper level residents. It's definitely, I I think the hardest thing about COVID for me has been the possibility and probability that I will not be able to see my family during my vacations, Um, specifically during Christmas time. I think this, this uncertainty of, well, you know, I've been wearing all of my personal protective equipment, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't test positive for COVID. What if there is a patient that had a false negative result or what if, we didn't screen someone and they were COVID positive. Um, for me, especially with my, with my grandparents and with my, with my dad and his multiple comorbidities, I yeah. just yeah. at this point don't feel comfortable going home. Um, which, which has been interesting and definitely tough to, to talk to my family about, but I think it's all yeah. for the better. Um, and there will be more Christmases. There will be more Thanksgivings. Just yeah, having yeah. them in it is is my oh, goal. I'm really at this sorry, point. just from so, on that personal level that you won't yeah. be able to <laughs> be with them. But it does sound like you have a good support system here in St. Louis too. And um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think I, I don't think I could have gotten through all of this, and you know, not realizing that I probably won't be able to go home without my co-interns and my upper level residents. They've been so supportive <laughs> and we all spend so much time together and we're, I truly, I, I would call everyone here um, just another extension of my family. And I think that I could trust them with anything. And, you know, I think that we are all willing to, to go the whole nine yards for one another if anyone would need anything. And it's been such a blessing and a privilege to work with everyone here. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. not to get too sappy, yeah. but <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome that you can say that. Right? I mean, this is your last week of a really busy night's rotation, right? And you're, I'm sure, feeling, you know, just it's a little bit of dread, right? Coming in every day. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just remember feeling that myself. Like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh, no. let's see. Um, but I'm so glad that <laughs> that's the overarching feeling that you have because that's certainly what we hope and um, I, I to me it, it really brings a lot of joy to know that that is the underlying premise with which you're working and makes it just so much fun to work with you all too as as we do as attending so it's awesome definitely a team effort here and we'll stick through it together as we get through this pandemic Ah, well, I want to let you yeah, have absolutely. some time to get ready. Um, anything, any last words that you would like to say or anything you want to cover that we haven't covered yet? Um, I think there's one, one more thing, just in case there are any applicants that are listening to absolutely. this, um, if you don't mind, Dr. Hagman. So I, I think that just, just for applicants' sake, um, this place is an amazing place to train. I think that the amount of work that you can do to better the population of St. Louis, um, it's really, I mean, there are so many opportunities here, especially if you're interested in healthcare disparities and history of, of St. Louis and especially minority populations, um, this place has been fantastic. And I think there are a lot of people here who share the same goal of combating healthcare disparities and making sure that the underdog is really taken care of. And Barnes is such a good place to, to train and do that. So um, I, I think the mentorship and the support that you get here is fantastic. And the camaraderie here, I, I can't speak highly enough of my of my co-residents and my upper levels and all of the attending physicians that I've worked with. So if you're looking for a place like that, where relationships are important and you're also, um, you're also making a difference, Kelly, then this but, is um, the place to for come for sure. that aspect of too, though, of the being able to work kind of directly with underserved patients and, you know, the ones who are actually finding their way into the door and into the healthcare system. Can you give me some examples of what you've, what struck you as, mm-hmm. you know, like, how do you, how does that happen? Has it? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Dr. Hageman, yeah. it happens on day one, no matter what rotation you're on. <laughs> um, I, I'm so grateful to, to know that Barnes is a place where underserved patients can come and feel welcome. Um, Day one, I was working a couple of night shifts for one of my co-interns because her prescribing license hadn't come in in time. And the vast, the vast majority of patients were not only minority patients, but also mm-hmm. underserved patients who were on the labor and delivery floor at that time. And just the, the amount of trust and respect that I think it takes for for underserved patients to come to Barnes and to get their care here. I think 
I think it's just not said enough how how important it is for those patients to get the care that they deserve and um, and that they they desire and I think it says a lot that there are so many patients who are underserved that come to Barnes. Um, everyone is always so grateful and so open to making medical decisions um, with with us as a team, yeah. as far as the patient and family dynamic goes. And um, just, you know, being being from Northwest Indiana, where there is really a lot of mistrust in the in the medical system. Um, as far as healthcare goes from a minority patient perspective, um, it's really hard to regain that trust. And it's really hard to, to make relationships with patients who already have that baseline. Um, and I think that our resident clinics and, and us as a team really strive to make the patient experience better for those minority patients and those underserved patients mm-hmm, and exactly. also right. make their experience right. the same as it were someone who was a private patient versus someone who has Missouri Medicaid or Medicare or that kind of thing. So um, that really struck me on day one, even just looking at the different types of patients and how diverse mm-hmm. things were when I went to the labor and delivery floor for that time. And I think it transfers over to to every service that I've been on, whether it's ONC or um, Knights GYN or, um, or ultrasound or what have you. And that's been really important to me. And I think that's one of the driving factors of what gets me through every day is knowing that when I come to work, I can treat a vast difference um, in patient population and everyone get the same care and get the same respect. I think that's that, awesome. That they I deserve. feel like there's, so. you know, we are lucky to be in yeah. St. Louis city here. Um, you know, you do get the chance to experience um, Missouri Baptist as well, which is a little further West. And uh, I think, you know, we try to get you into the community a little bit to understand St. Louis um, a little more too. So I feel like mm-hmm. you get, you get a pretty good understanding just by being at work, but we also, hope that we can get you out into the community and sort of see where everyone is coming from. Now we can't, we have a lot of rural catchment as well, right from the middle of Missouri or Illinois or you know, places that are, are not um, particularly places that you might go visit on the weekend or something. You might not get there. Um, but I think it's really interesting just to, to think about that wide variety right. of patient <laughs> population too, whether it's, socioeconomic or even rural versus city. Um, Those are all really different. Right. Yeah. And I think you get a a big difference here and it's, I think it only bodes well for, for a resident's education when you get so many different populations. So it's been nice to train here. Well, thank you so much, Holly. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk and share your experiences Mm -hmm. this far and, um, we'll, we'll have a follow-up, um, maybe like later in the year or a couple of years from now, or, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll check back in and, and see how life is going. But, um, all right. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Dr. Hagan. Bye. Bye.